This is the Architecture Corner podcast. The purpose with Architecture Corner is to have a place to discuss subjects in the intersection between business and IT. Today, IT is relevant in most cases when you want to do changes to the business. The opposite is even more true. You need business involvement when doing changes to IT in order to succeed. Welcome to this episode of Architecture Corner and today's guests are Grieger Wigstrand and Joachim Limbom. We have been working with service-oriented architecture, SOA, for a long time. What's the state of SOA today? I would say that SOA today is uh, totally embedded in most everything we do. Uh, you could say there was a hype for SOA about 10 years ago and then suddenly it became quiet. But what did happen actually is that it matured a lot and became the fun- fundamentals of most things being done today. Many services are not services uh, like that. They are far too much integrated and, and uh, overlapping with uh, other services. Well, uh, that's absolutely true. Uh, of course, that we, we see perhaps a, a, in many corporations a layer of services which are exposed, but either they are, they are too integrated or they are just a facade uh, that are exposing some kind of back-end services. But I would say that we have seen a lot of, of momentum, a lot of progress in this area where actually uh, in some areas, in some companies, they have very good services and a service for me is not only an, an interface, it's something where you ha- have a team which is responsible for delivering, for instance, invoicing or some other service, f- full out and full stop. They, they are fully dependent and fully responsible for doing this service in all aspects. And uh, being responsible for something, isn't that kind of the best way to motivate people to, to f- perform well? Absolutely, and not only motivated that, that they can see the result of it, but actually that being responsible and being responsible not only for, for the operation but for the development, for the progress, it makes sure that they get end user connectivity, they get the, the feedback, and they get the responses from the real world how their service is used. So it's not theoretical, it's something very practical which get, gets direct feedback from the users. When, when people are responsible for a business service instead of being responsible for an IT system, mm-hmm. Uh, then it's much easier to change. When, when you're responsible for a system, then uh, if the system is changed, that's your job gone. But if you're responsible for, for a, a service that, pe- that people will, are using and will be using even in the future, then you are dependent on delivering that to the best uh, possible world-class standard, right? Yeah, and as the, uh, these standards evolve, you need to follow. And you can't only focus on, on the functionality of the system or the structure of the system. You really need to make sure that you are fully responsible, full out. Meaning that if you have lack of performance, it, that's a system issue, you fix the system. If it's an infrastructure uh, issue, you need to make sure that the infrastructure, whether that's hosted locally or it's a cloud service wh- which provides infrastructure, you are responsible for making sure that it delivers the pof- performance needed. How, how do you make sure that people uh, are responsible and feel responsible uh, uh, for their service that they're delivering? Well, you, d- you need to define it. That, that, that so you, you can't delegate only part of the responsibility. If they're responsible full out, they need to feel and, and actually have a very formal responsibility for the service full out. It can't be that, okay, you take responsibility, but 
I keep part of it. I delegate just part of it. I don't think that really will work. There is a seesaw of responsibility and authority where uh, often the authority and the responsibility are not matching. So the responsibility is heavy, but the authority is less. That's, that's really true. And also, I think it's really a management culture that needs to be established. Uh, it's very hard to, to keep the old ways of, of, of a linear way, so to say, to controlling the, or maintaining the management structure. Having a service architecture or a service uh, delivery is another kind of, of uh, management setup. And also the trust between the services and between management controlling it is different. I think that often we see that the main difference between successful companies and, and less successful companies is about the culture inside a company. But it's so hard to change. Uh, we, talk about, we talk about throwaway, throwaway IT systems. Uh, you buy a storage area network and you're going to use it for two or three years, then it's outdated and then you plan on buying a new one. Should it be the same with company cultures? Actually, it could be. I, I was introducing that, that thought a couple of years back in a seminar that one life, life cycle style is actually no cycle. You, you, you have a beginning, you define a service, you maintain it for a couple of years, you don't expand it, you just maintain it. You, you, you do security patching and so on, but you just maintain it. And after, say, five years, and this time should be predefined. It is defined when you start the service. After five years, you close it down and you replace it with something. That's a much, much slim, simpler way of doing it. And that could be expanded up to the culture, company level as well. CEO of a um, company said publicly a few years ago that we will not end up in a legacy situation. We will not have any system older than 10 years in our company. And that is, of course, a very good thing. When you deploy a system, you, you have a predefined end date for it. I think that's actually something that most companies or organizations should adopt that kind of thinking. But the problem is that not only you can't stop there. If you have one system that you decommission after 10 years, this system is integrated on a process level, on, on the technical level and so on, with other systems. And the integration also needs to be part of this lifecycle management. You can not only look at the system. And this is why I think that rather than having a system perspective, you need to have a service perspective. That would simplify a lot of things about, about avoiding the legacy situation. But, but what, what is the service then? Is it storage? Is it salary management, uh, yes. HR? Yes, uh, yes for all. And, and that, of course, depends on what, what kind of granularity you would like to have. But looking at the, the infrastructure area, you could identify something like 17 or 19 services. Uh, on a server would be not a disk, but rather a qualified storage. Uh, it's not a server. It's rather a, some kind of computing capacity included everything. So it, something like 17 or so. But that, then, of course, you could look at the entire infrastructure as a service, as one service. So it depends on which level of granularity you're looking at. But, but, but for from a boardroom level, you don't really care about storage, right? You, no. care, you care about uh, businesses. Uh, uh, you care about selling things, producing them, meet, meeting quality requirements. Yeah, and you, you care about information being stored on some level. But, but absolutely, they, they, these kind of services are commodity. And on, on a boardroom level, that's a no issue. They're just supposed to work. And I think that kind of uh, viewpoint that these are just supposed to work, that's very important. You need to understand that these are the underlying blocks that, that support the upper level services. And of course, as a boardroom, you should not talk, talk about technical services. It's a business services. That's the only thing that matters on that level. But, but is, is that true? In, in TOGAF, we have three levels. We have business level, information level, and, and technical level. Mm -hmm. and, and isn't it what's really driving development is the technical level? Because competitors, adapt uh, new technologies and if you don't 
you will be left behind. Yep. And those technologies enable business services. I, I can't start a, a shuttle line to Mars just because I want to. It's okay. only when a technology becomes available that I can do it. That's, that's very true. But also having these three levels, I think it's really important that you have some kind of clear cut between the lines so that when there is progress in the technology area, you can replace. You can replace the storage, as you said, service or something else. And this is where it comes back to having this kind of linear life cycle uh, view and things that you apply something, you run it and you decommission. And before you decommission, you have the next level. It's some kind of waves just rolling, waves rolling over, over again. And but to be able, in order to be able to do that, there can't be lots of dependencies between the other layers because then the replacement would be very, very hard. Open standards is absolutely something you need to apply in this kind of thinking, not only on the technical level, but on all levels. I had colleagues who, done, who did research on this a long time ago, that when you start uh, with one level and then go to the next level and then go to the next level, you make poorer designs. When you jump between the levels, between what is desired and what is possible, then w that's when you can make really innovative and creative design that is implementable. Mm -hmm. That's one aspect. Another aspect also is that there is a large risk that if you have dependencies between the layers, when you replace, you would have to emulate the, the later version, so to say, or bring over a lot of things that you actually wouldn't like to. And therefore you can't utilize the, the, the power or, the, or, the, or the, the potential of this new technology. So having these clear lines uh, or clear cuts is really, really critical, I would say. Many customers are talking about uh, uh, needing to replace their, uh, to renew their product offerings, to renew their operating model, and to renew the the operating system that it's running on, the the IT um, solution. Mm -hmm. And and you can't really change any one of them without changing the other two. No, you, you can't do that. But but the amount of change and the amount of, of impact when doing the change can vary a lot depending on the design. And but I isn't it? Is it the, this, you know, microsurgery uh, changing things while running mm -hmm. or starting uh, your company 2.0, 3.0? Those are the two major or macro approaches, of course, that you have these tiny, tiny um, changes that you apply new changes every single day and you apply new, new varieties, bug fixing, but also feature updates. Doing that, you need to go to in, into some kind of microservice arrangements. That going back to what I said before, you have a service provisioning, which you have a team beyond the service which is totally responsible for it. But they can't do their work if they have hundreds of thousands of dependencies. They need to understand, okay, what kind of general requirement do I have on functionality? What kind of general requirements on, on non-functional requirements like performance and, and, and scale? But beyond that, they shouldn't know too much about the, the other parts of the system landscape that are using the service then you can allow these small changes that you apply tens or even hundreds of new features every single day. We've seen examples of that. The other extreme, of course, is like say, okay, do a full system landscape, run it and scrap it. What's best? Well, can't say really. Yeah. Okay, so you have the, this other kind where, where you have a full system landscape where you run it for some time and you scrap it and you have a new one. And it could even be a, 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 a totally new company. We've seen this kind of approach but where companies are spinning off in new entities, new companies, which are taking over parts of the customer base and running forward and the old company is going away or fading away. Which is best has to do which kind of market you're in, what kind of pace of innovation, what kind of situation you're in. But I think that both are very viable. I, I think that many companies today are onboarding on, on the total reinvention of the company. 
where where they they are looking at, at their product offerings and how they work and how they support that work. Mm-hmm. Um, because, well, if if you can't do what you did a hundred years ago and think it will still work. No, that's really true. And th- then, of course, th- that might be another s- aspect for another episode. But then we com- become into rather than looking at a, c- a company providing services, it's an issue of branding. How would you make sure that when you switch the company, how would you retain the client base? And that, of course, is a branding issue very much, rather if, than something else. Or if you want a new clients, maybe better clients. Okay. So the question is, how do I get rid of the clients? Companies have uh, a product offering which is fixed by the contracts they have with uh, their customers. And it is supported by their operating model and their operating model is run by their uh, operating system or IT and support, uh, if you want to call it that. Changing any of these three, uh, product offering, operating model or IT support, requires changes in the other two. And the conclusion here is that on this level, you can't talk about these three without dependencies. They will have extremely lots of dependencies. So changing one will have heavy dependencies and therefore perhaps you should avoid it. Uh, Joachim, I I like to think of IT as non-IT. There is no IT. There is only business. That's really true. That's one aspect of business. And the second thing would be that when talking about services and microservices, uh, it's not a technical interface. It's something where you have a team which fully provides a service. That's the situation we talk about service. It's not an interface. It's not a technical issue. It's an organizational issue. A service needs people, technology and organization. Indeed. And those three together form the, the, the service and the people need to feel responsible for this. Thank you very much, Greg and Joachim, for talking about the state of SOA today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for watching and welcome back to Architecture Corner next week.